We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? This is Martin Rucker and Tommy Saunders here with Coach Drink uh, on this episode of Making Mizzou, brought to you by 360 Vodka. And we're just going to have a, a good conversation here with the with I won't say the old ball coach because he's pretty young. So with uh, with the new ball coach and uh, see what's going on down in Columbia these days. Um, so first off, Coach Drink, man, how are things going down there? Man, good. You know, we're we're right at that in line of uh, fall camp, so it looks like I've had about the case of three sixty vodka half shade <laughs> like, to finish this thing out. And and uh, you know, we're ten days away from our first game, so we're not quite into Central Michigan prep, but we're into that uh, finishing up situational football and making sure we, everybody can settle into their roles for week one. And uh, it's been a good camp, and and now we're ready to try to transition to the season and see how, what, what identity we can form for the 2021 football team. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's jump in real quick. Um, so just kind of letting everybody get to know who you are and a little bit more about the man and the background and where you yeah. came from. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I watched uh, the making you guys in the hometown video with Conzo and, uh, you had mentioned in there about humble beginnings and yeah. growing up for the first portion of your life uh, in a trailer in Arkansas. And yeah. so, um, you know, I just wanted you to talk about it, talk a little bit about, if you will, uh, what you kind of took away from that experience, you know, what it was like and kind of how it shaped who you are today. Yeah. You know, for the first really nine years of my life, I lived in a trailer. Uh, we, we got a great family, three sisters, uh, two brothers, uh, and, and two wonderful parents, but my dad was transitioning between jobs and, and uh, was going back to school to get a certification so he could teach in the state of Arkansas. And, uh, you know, we did what we needed to do in order to, to make it. You know, I lived, in, shared a bunk bed with my brothers. Uh, my sisters all lived in the same room. I remember had a, a, which is probably not real smart looking back on it, but we had a wood burning stove and a trailer, which was you know, not great. Not great, uh, but that's that's just how we did it. Uh, you know, I remember my dad waking up and, you know, when he was going to school in the middle of the night. He was a temporary employee, and we'd get called to go work at Gerber and shovel spinach out of out of the uh, back of trucks. And he would umpire baseball games, referee little league basketball games, doing whatever he could to make ends meet. You know, we didn't know any better. Uh, yeah. We didn't have cable TV. We didn't have Twitter. You didn't have Facebook. So you weren't comparing your life to anybody else. So. 
we just thought that's what everybody was doing, you know, and, and uh, I think one of the things that it kind of helped shape for me was always being a part of the team, right? It was, yeah. it wasn't a whole lot of individualism or, or selfishness growing up. It was, Hey, we, we got to do what we have to do for this family to, to be successful. And if that means sharing a bed or sharing clothes, <laughs> I've got a, there's a picture in, in uh, one of my yearbooks where me and my brother are wearing the same shirt because they took picture day on a different day. And we, we more than, and he's two years older than me. So, I mean, there's just there's all kinds of those things growing up. And, and, and honestly, for me, it just formed that, you know, we're a team and sacrifice the I for the we and, and uh, it probably is one of the reasons why I'm a coach looking back on it and why I'm so adamant about our teams being cohesive units. That's how you can be powerful. That's awesome. And coach, how um, do you find your individual um, motivation through that team atmosphere? So I saw uh, you were the class president in college, yeah. student yeah. body president. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, being the head moving through your career and the success that you had moving to a head coach, um, how do you make that transition of, you know, I'm a part of the team, um, I'm doing my part, but there's more, I can lead more, I can be more with still having that team focus uh, as well. You know, it, it says in the Bible, your gift will make room for you, right? And so what I always have tried to do and strive to do is be the very best at what they needed me to do. Right. Sure, and I feel sure. like when you do the very best at what you what they've asked you to do, then your opportunities grow and multiply. You know, when I was a high school football coach, I, you know, head seventh grade coach, man, I wanted to be the best head seventh grade coach I could be. I was the eighth grade defensive coordinator, ninth grade secondary coach. I scouted on Friday nights. We didn't have to, but I showed up every Saturday morning to put in film and help with the high school game planning and stuff because this felt like, hey, if, if I do the very best I can with my job, uh, then other things will come. When I went to, to Auburn as a GA in 2010, uh, Gus labeled me as a getter-dunner. And, and what that meant was whatever task he gave me, I was able to get it done. My number one task, the most important job I had when I got to Auburn was to make sure I was there before Gus so the coffee was made. And so for two years, uh, Gus never beat me to work. Coach Malzahn never beat me to work because I wanted to make sure that he had the copy and he was ready to go. And when he walked in the door, he wasn't waiting on anybody else to make sure he was he was ready to roll and call plays. And so I just kind of adopted that throughout, you know, whatever I'm doing, just to be the very best I can. And so that that when people look to you, they don't see a weak link. They see a guy who's who's trying to do the very best they can. You know, we have a core value here in our program, always do more than what's expected. Uh, and it's just something that I've always kind of lived by, whether you're running, you know, if the team runs three gassers, you run four as a player. So you can try to gain an advantage on opponent, but also put yourself in a better situation with your team. If, you know, the boss tells you to be there at eight, be there at 745. Because uh, those things add up over time. Um, and I think that's probably how, you know, my mindset's always been. And I don't know if that's a direct correlation to why we've had the success we've had, you know, my family and I. Um, I think there's part of it, too, the minds of men playing the ways the Lord directs your steps. I feel like I've been very fortunate and blessed. And sometimes breaks go your way, and that that's kind of happened, too. Um, but th that that would be, Tommy, what I would say is, is kind of what I look back on and think about is 
just doing the very best I can with what I've given and always trying to do more than what was expected of me in that job. Right. And I think that's something that Mizzou, uh, everybody that is a part of Mizzou uh, embodies in some capacity. Mm -hmm. I know one of my motivational quotes that I came up with was um, do uh, things that others think is humanly impossible. Mm. Right. Set my goal so far out that uh, that other people like uh, expect that you can't do that. And so and then other people think so actually let me say, you know, getting coffee for coach, getting there early, you know, I'm sure players don't see how that correlates to becoming a head football coach in the SEC. How do you implement that discipline and do giving everything you have today and how that's going to yield the results that they want, whether that's an SEC championship, all yeah. conference, going to the NFL. What does that look like as you're um, writing your programs and you're uh, motivating your team and, and coaching? Yeah. Um, there's a book out there called the slide edge, which talks about uh, small daily improvements is the key to long-term success. Like everybody thinks uh, of the growth curve, like it's just going to go from here to here, right? Like it starts and then all of a sudden it takes off is, is really how it works. And it's, it's kind of like saving a penny a day. You know, if I told somebody I'll give you a million dollars or I'll give you, I'll, I'll double a penny every day uh, for 30 days, which one we take? Well, most people want that instant satisfaction. They're going to take, a, they're going to take a million dollars. But if you take the discipline of just doubling your money every single, you know, doubling a penny for 30 days, uh, the money's, you know, 11 something million dollars, 11 and a half million dollars, something like that. So, that's the same approach that we give our guys. And we give our guys that example is like, look, you come in as a true freshman. Look, I, I understand everybody wants to star. They want to be freshman All-American. They want to do that. But the reality of it is what you need to focus on is what you can control today. And being the best version of yourself today, we talk about always compete. That's core value number one. But the rest of that saying, when you got when you ask our guys, what does always compete mean? It always compete to be better today than I was yesterday, be better tomorrow than I was today. If you can continually do that, then you're just stacking good days together to achieve your personal best. Um, and then you're not worrying about everybody else. Again, I think one of the issues we have with college football with social media is we're constantly comparing ourselves to what we perceive is happiness or what other people are doing. Everybody on, everybody's got their own individual race. You have to run your race the very best that you can, and you can't get caught up in comparing it with everybody else. Um, and so that's kind of how we approach it, Tommy. We, we, we talk about always competing to be better today than we were yesterday, and we talk about small daily improvements is the key to long-term success. Don't expect to go from a 4.840 to a 4.440 overnight. Like, you got to go 4.8, you got to go 4.75, you got to go 4.71. Um, how it's implemented in our program you know, Coach Russell, our strength coach, has uh, uh, a, a bell that we ring. And so anytime we PR, a player can go ring the bell. In every workout, there's an opportunity to set a personal personal performance record, whether that's, uh, uh, you know, maxing out on the last, let's say it's bench press. Okay, you, you had five. If you can hit six on this, you're going to get to go up, whether it's on a vertical jump with, with dumbbells, Whatever it might be, there's something that allows them to PR. And so it keeps that mindset rolling like, hey, today is an opportunity for me to be my personal best. And I can be better today than I was the last time I was doing this obstacle. 
I'll tell you what. Um, so when I was a rookie in the NFL, my job uh, that I got uh, tasked with was making coffee before the vets got in the room. So mm. <laughs> I, one, don't like coffee, and two, yeah. did not like waking up early in the morning. And so, <laughs> you know, I'm in Cleveland, and I live downtown. So it's a 30-minute drive into work. And in Columbia, I live five minutes from campus. So right. I got a plan when I'm getting up. I got to be there all the time. So needless to say, I didn't have the coffee made every single day before they got in there. And I even bought a, uh, a coffee maker that had a bean uh, like decanter on top. Yeah. Would, I could set a timer. It would grind the beans. It would brew the coffee, everything. And I still couldn't figure out how to get the coffee in there. <laughs> so maybe that's why I only lasted five years. <laughs> yeah. Well, five's pretty good. I mean, the average is about 3.4. So you're doing all right for yourself. Yeah. Mine was a good eight and a half weeks. You yeah. Know, so I thought I was there every day. You know, mine, I never made it. So we're good. Y'all are, y'all are way ahead of me. You're still writing your book. Right. <laughs> but hopefully you're at Mizzou for a long, long time. That's the plan, man. That's the plan. Awesome. So jumping back real quick, um, just kind of to a little bit more about your upbringing and who it led you in to yeah. be today. Um, you've been absolutely crushing it on the recruiting trail. And that's been like since day one when you stepped on uh, on campus, when you, you know it was announced you got the job. It seemed like you were recruiting even before then. And so, you know, Coach Pinko used to talk about, and coaches all over the country, they talk about how they go into so many different living rooms, right? And uh, impoverished areas and dangerous neighborhoods and uh, people with adverse backgrounds and things like that. And you have to sit in a living room with an 18-year-old kid and try to connect with him and also connect with his parents and let them know, you know, you can trust me, convince them to trust you with their child's future uh, for the next four years, five years, help them get an education, help them become the best person that they can be. Because really what it comes down to is, is you're, their, you're their dad, you're their parent, whenever they leave home. Yeah. Um, and so how do you think, or do you think that, you know, the way you grew up allows you to connect with uh, a lot of the different kids and people that come from such different backgrounds and a lot of, you know, athletes come from uh, low income backgrounds and things like that. How do you feel your background has helped you on the recruiting trail? Um, I think my background gives me a unique ability to know exactly who I am, what my strengths and weaknesses are. And, I heard it once said that that um, you know nothing was. This person was talking about nothing was above me and nothing was below me, and that's kind of how I feel. Like I've, I've I've been blessed in 2010 to shake. I, I got the chance to shake President Barack Obama's hand, which was one of the most unbelievable experiences ever being in the White House. And I've also been the the you know lived in a trailer, you know, and so. Uh, there's nothing above me or below me. I, I pick up trash when I see it. And, you know, I shake the president's hand and been around you know, billionaires. Um, and so that's that's just kind of my approach. Like I'm a human first and, and I try to connect everybody's scenario and try to connect their story with our story and what we're trying to offer. And the reality of it is what I want to give them an opportunity to see is how football can change their life. No different than it changed mine and change the direction of their future, just like it changed the direction of my future. Uh, and, you know, I think the beauty, the beauty of this game, uh, especially in the college level, is regardless of whether or not you go play in the NFL, if you get a degree, it's going to transform the, the, the future of future generations for yourself and your family. 
And so we talk about it all the time. We want to chase two dreams, a life with football. We want to see them achieve their personal best. God's given them an unbelievable ability to play this game at a high level. We're going to help them maximize that opportunity. and Hopefully it leads to the NFL. But if it doesn't, we want to make sure that they maximize their opportunity with getting a degree because no matter what, that degree is going to transform their future generations, right? There's no longer that stigma of, well, I was the first one to graduate from my family from college. It shows a path of how others can do it too. And so to me, that's that's really what I try to do is, is connect that story with them about how, you know, whether whether you go play in the NFL or whether you just get a chance to coach or whether you get a degree, you got a chance to change, you know, the trajectory of your family. Coach, I think that's great. I think too many times, you know, um, coaches sell a dream to these players and they're not telling the, I don't want to say they're not telling the truth, but, um, you know, they're misrepresenting of, of the success of the NFL. And what I've heard you say time and time again and what I, and what I uh, get from your, the way that you speak is that you're always there um, pulling yourself out of the situation and really talking and being with that person wherever they are in that um, path uh, of their life and, and uh, motivating them. What do you say to these recruits to get them to Mizzou? What does Mizzou have that these other programs don't? What's the opportunity specifically with Mizzou that uh, recruits can take um, versus uh, taking the opportunity to go play somewhere else? I, I think you hit it right on the head. It's it's the opportunity of Mizzou, right? Like the opportunity to perform at Mizzou, specifically when you're in state at a place that's the only school in town or in the state, you're in the SEC, which is the best conference in college football, and the opportunity to play and, and present yourself. And the game changer for it in recruiting is also this name, image, and likeness opportunity, which allows these guys to market themselves uh, in a place that, uh, you know, really is where the, where the one untapped resource left in, in the state that, that represents everybody. Like you wear that Missouri jersey, you represent the entire state of Missouri. Um, and so you combine all of those things We've got great coaches. We've got great schemes. Uh, we've got great strength and conditioning, nutrition. That gives you a chance in and of itself uh, to maximize your potential. We're going to put butts in the seats. We're going to put you on TV. we got two large metropolitan areas. That gives you a, a, a potential. Um, and then you get a world-class education. Uh, you got the number one journalism school in the country. Uh, you're an AAU institution which is there's only 63 of those in the entire world. Uh, and so like all of those things combined to me, make Mizzou an unbelievable opportunity. And then I think the final piece for me personally was you get a chance to really write your own story. There's been a lot of great things accomplished in the past at Missouri, a lot of great things, but there's so many things that could be accomplished that would be the first time it's ever happened to get us over the hump and actually win the conference championship, not just the division. We've been there twice in the SEC, but to get over the hump, to get that national championship, to get the first Heisman Trophy winner, to get the first Remington Award winner. There's so many of those individual awards. I got a couple of Mackey Award winners, uh, but I got to spread that thing out uh, to, to maybe some other positions. And I think those opportunities abound. And 
you know, you can go be the next a lot of places. You can come be the first at Mizzou. That's right. And and uh, I think that's the spirit of Mizzou. You, you choose Mizzou because you have a chip on your shoulder. You yeah. have something to prove. You're yeah. not scared to go and put in the work um, that it takes. Um, explain, you know, uh, the new zoo. I've seen that hashtag around, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of piggybacking off of what you just yeah. said, kind of explain that around, you know, where you want to go um, and building off the success of the, the program. You know, when, when that kind of came up, it was just, I, I had heard when, when uh, Coach Pinkle was here, you know, I was a high school coach and came visit him, and he, he talked about the uniqueness of Missouri is Mizzou, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's no other Mizzou uh, in the way you can you can change that name. Um, but when I got here, it was like we needed a fresh start, right? There was a lot of things weighing on the program, whether it was the transition of the coaching staff or the, the lean years that we've had or the lack of fan support or interest or whatever it was. Man, I just felt like we needed a fresh start. And, and I was new and I wasn't worried about the past. I'm worried about the future and what we're building here at Mizzou. And so it was hashtag new zoo because it kind of rhymed. And it was kind of a cool little marketing ploy. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Put them all together. Um, and it was, uh, I want to connect to the past. It wasn't like, hey, we're not doing anything with the past. It was, hey, we want to connect with the past, but we want to launch forward into the future with a new identity and, and forge our own path. And, you know, it's one of those things that um, COVID last year kind of slowed that momentum. And so we're carrying it with us this year. I, I don't know that you can continue to say new zoo when you're the head coach on your third year, right? Like at some point, <laughs> it, it's, you're just my zoo, big dog. It ain't new. <laughs> but we're trying to get, you know, this year and get excitement and can, can you know, continue labeling it and, and create some energy and, and really did it for recruits too. Like this is yeah. the same old reason that we chose Mizzou or the rankings of the past. This is like what we believe can be in the future. Um, right. And so it was trying to be a connection of both, but also being a, a, a fresh start for us. And uh, it's been, you know, it's been really good. It's obviously helped us in recruiting quite a bit. Uh, and it's just kind of been a new ha hashtag. Uh, but I do see us in the future. I mean, obviously had coach people come talk twice, you know, uh, had Justin Smith come talk to our team. Uh, Mike Holland's been several times, you know, uh, wore jerseys of Norris Stevenson. Uh, in, in the first African-American football player here at Mizzou. So we're definitely connected to the past and, and you know, celebrate the, the wonderful history of the past all the time here at Mizzou. Um, and we're also looking forward to blazing our new trail. Right. I think some sometimes people forget, you know, they get caught up in all this media, but, you know, you got hired there to win football games. Yeah. And if, if new Zoo uh, brings in better recruits, gives you better players um, to really build Mizzou, then that's what it takes. You know, yeah. I, I think people get caught up in emotions and their feelings towards, you know, Mizzou and what they think that that um, should and should happen. There's so much critique around sports and, yeah. and whatnot. But, you know, you're here to win football games at the end of the day, and uh, that's you got to do what it takes and, and, um, and market to what needs to be marketed towards. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's all kinds of things to think about that. I, we're, we're in such a world where um, we post stuff on, on Twitter or Facebook or social media to gauge reactions, um, to try to create interactions. And the more controversial it is, the more interactions you get. So I think there's, there's a little bit more of this, like, 
no matter what happens, people try to pick a side. I mean, ESPN has multiple shows that are all about just a topic, and no matter what, they pick sides to argue against each other. Right. Um, I think there's a little bit more criticisms now than normal. Um, Nuzu in no way was was trying to to take any type of shot or or disenfranchise anybody from Mizzou. It was we're just trying to start a fresh start. You know, it's been a it was a tough four or five year stretch right there, and so we're just trying to say, hey, let's start over, fresh start right here, connecting with the past, moving forward with our future, uh, and it's just a mark of a new era and a new coaching staff, and and uh, it's worked out good so far. Yeah. You know, and we were part of the old Mizzou, and so. Being that old Mizzou, we were grinding. We were trying to mm -hmm. get to the new Mizzou. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's great, you know. We yeah, were, right, exactly. We were guys that came here. Yeah, if y'all had the Southeast End Zone and recovery tools, who knows what, <laughs> what y'all could have had, man. <laughs> exactly, man. We were grinding right. to try to get these four- and five-star guys to come play with us. A bunch of three-star, two-star two cats just yeah. trying to get what, we, get what we could. So, um, you know, and switching gears into that, New Mizzou, how'd camp go this year? How do you feel about you guys coming up this season, this upcoming season? You know, it's it's interesting, right? Because um, I think every year you have to form a new identity for your team, right? Like what you did last year doesn't really matter. Right. Uh, it, it's it, it, the, the beauty of college football is every year it's about how you fit all the pieces together and you're always losing guys and you're always adding new guys and you got to figure out what roles everybody's going to play. This year is unique for us because we returned basically 16 starters on offense and defense and, and returned four starters on specialists. So we do have some of that people from last year, but we're, we're adding new pieces. Um, you know, I think camp was was very valuable, obviously, with a new defensive coordinator and installing a new defensive scheme, replacing four or three NFL players on the defensive side of the ball, one who started for the Chiefs and, and two uh, DBs. And so – you know, that, that's that been really good. I tell you what, the last five days, I mean, our defense has really been playing fast. You can feel that that connection and connectivity that they're having with the scheme and the speed of which they play. Uh, offensively, you know, we're, we're still, you know, our quarterback is playing at a high level. Um, but we've got to still figure out exactly how we're going to run the football after losing Larry Roundtree. Like, you know, Larry was a giving the ball and it wasn't three yards in a cloud of dust before it, it was, you know, it was ground and pound yeah. and our backs aren't really built like that. So how do we, how do we still run the ball effectively in this league, but also utilize um, our guys in a different way. And so searching to find that identity, I think, we, I think we're there, but the reality of it is you won't know until Saturday when you play central Michigan. So um, I think we're in a good position. I wish we would have practiced a little bit better yesterday, so I'm a little bit tainted on that. <laughs> I a little bit better. But this team is really trying to do everything we've asked them to do from a commitment standpoint, from a, a recovery standpoint, from a toughness standpoint. This team wants to do it. Um, whether or not we can, obviously, it's going to depend on how much of a team we play together. And, and obviously, you got to get a few break, breaks in this league. And so we're going to make our own breaks. Are there? Uh, I know you uh, coaches don't like to single guys out, and so I'm sure we probably won't get too great of an answer for this. But um, are there any guys who uh, surprised you during camp, or maybe kind of took their game to a new level um, coming out of camp? You're a little higher on them, or they did something to uh, kind of up their stock? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, shoot, I, I don't mind lavishing individual praise. Uh, I just tell them don't drink the Kool Aid. So, I mean, 
praise and blame are all the same. Don't get caught up in either one. Um, I think Ishburdine's had a tremendous ball camp. Um, you know, we brought in two grad transfers at the corner position to try to create some depth and some competition. And he responded really well. I mean, really well to that competition. And, and uh, you know, obviously he's got to do it on a consistent basis, but has earned the ability to, to continue to play the corner position. I think that was really good. You know, Sean Robinson, a guy who started for us at quarterback last year, is going to play a lot of snaps on defense uh-huh. uh, in, in one year. I, I That's incredible to me. And it's not like we don't have good players back there. Like, he's beat out some really good players in order to contribute. And it, he just – I just can't say enough good things about him. There's a young man, Chris Abrams-Drain, who – you know, was an a- athlete, played wide out last year, played DB last year, has really locked in at the nickel position. And, and just his play speed is really well. I mean, he just he runs all over the field. And so defensively, those those three guys in the back end, you know, and Jelani Williams has played good. Uh, J.C. Carlisle's has played good. The, all those guys. But, you know, when you ask me about those three people, uh, it's been impressive. I think on the offensive line, I, I would have to start with, you know, we had two tackle positions open uh, and, you know, replacing a right tackle who got drafted. Uh, Hiron White coming back off an of injury has, has really played well. Uh, and and he he's no comparison to Larry, doesn't need to compare himself to Larry, but I think he's going to be a very solid right tackle for us. And then we had an open tackle position, an uh, open competition at left tackle, and Javon Foster uh, – has really snatched that thing. I mean, he has been Mr. Consistent from the spring to the weight room uh, to everyday workouts, the way he's practiced his mentality. It's been impressive to watch. And so I'm excited about his opportunity. And that's the reality of it. Nobody's positions are lifetime contracts, right? Right. But these guys seized an opportunity, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it on Saturdays. Well, Coach, we – we really appreciate your time. I know you're getting away during camp. Uh, it's not easy. Switch your mind to do interviews like this with some yeah. former players. We greatly appreciate it. Um, last question. What can uh, Mizzou fans, um, former players, everybody a part of the Mizzou family do to help you guys out um, this season? Um, and uh, just, you know, what can we expect in the upcoming season as well? We just want to support – yeah. Uh, you any way we can. You know, I think the the greatest challenge for Mizzou is for all of us to get on the same page and, and, and all push in the same direction. You know, Florida and Georgia are pretty stinking tough, you know, and, and, and we got our hands full beating those guys. We got no shot when it's Mizzou versus Mizzou uh, pulling against each other, complaining, bickering, or pointing out what we should have done, could have done this. Like, there's always going to be time for that after the season. What we need is for this team, for everybody to rally behind this team and believe in the possibilities that we have for this year for this team. There's going to be plenty of time for accountability at the end of the year, and we fully understand it's a winter break business, right? But, man, when you're in the middle of that, we need all the positive energy we can get, all pushing in the same direction. You know, it's, it means so much to me with former players because um, this is y'all's program. Y'all put the blood, sweat, and tears in it. I'm just a caretaker right now. And I get to set the direction of that program and always welcome y'all to come back in. Obviously, COVID is, has hindered that a little bit. But we want to just be something that you're proud of and that our team represents what y'all bled for, sweat for, and we're just a part of that brotherhood right now. Um, 
and I would say the same thing for the fans. Like when you turn us on, when you watch the game and you turn it on, we want you to be proud that you're a, a Missourian and that, that you can be proud to cheer for us. And man, we need you. We need you either in the stands, uh, on social media, watching the game, but man, throwing out positive encouragement. Anybody can be negative. That's the easiest thing to do. Um, but man, believe in the possibilities. Our, our, our message for our team is <laughs> one team, one goal, one and oh. And, and really what that means is let's be one team. Let's be united on one team, the state of Mizzou, the state of Missouri behind the state of Mizzou and behind Mizzou football. Let's be identified uh, as one goal, which is to win the SEC East in a bowl game with class, integrity, and academic excellence. I've asked them to sacrifice all their individual goals for the one goal. Fit into your role for the one goal that we have. And then how do we be 1-0 and every single week? Because if you'll do those things, then we got a chance to be successful. And that's the same thing I'd ask uh, the fans and, and the former players, man. Let's be united as one team. Let's be focused on one goal. And let's figure out how we can be 1-0 and every single day. And if we can do that, I don't think there's anybody that can stand in our way. Sounds awesome. We're glad you're the caretaker, and we hope you are for a long time, Coach. Thanks a lot for coming on, buddy. We appreciate it. I appreciate y'all, boys. Yeah, you. Z-O-U. Man, we want to say thanks so much to Coach Drink. That was a solid, solid interview. Tommy, tell me what are your thoughts? Uh, what did you think about the interview and what some of the things Drink had to say? I mean, it's great to be able to talk with him. Uh, he seems very passionate. Uh, he seems real, down-to-earth. Uh, listening. I mean, when he's talking about players switching positions and then, you know, going to be contributing to the team, you know, he, he's obviously listening to the players, which is best for Mizzou. And, um, you know, so I'm excited to see what, uh, what's going to happen this year and uh, how they're going to improve. I mean, last year uh, during COVID, first game of the season, you know, Alabama, <laughs> um, you easy know, game, right? Easy, easy game. game. So, uh, you know, but he turned around and got the win over LSU. And so, I, you know, I'm excited about this season uh, for sure. What What were your thoughts? Um, kind of along the same lines. You know, I was thinking uh, every time I hear him speak, I've had the opportunity to talk with him a couple of different times. And so every time that I talk with him and hear him speak, it's just like everything is so grounded uh, and everything is so like real, you know. Like he doesn't give you a lot of coach speak. Um, he just kind of tells it how it is. And that just is what it is. And then, you know, that's, that's real life. And so when you got a guy who can, he doesn't just talk to certain people like that. He talks to everybody like that. I feel like that kind of gives you a look into who he is. And I feel really comfortable with people like that leading my program. And whenever you see, uh, we didn't get the chance to ask him a lot about COVID last year, but to make, you know, a pretty good season out of last year. You know, we used to call it, you know, chicken salad out of chicken. So you get it, um, you know, to see what he could do last year with that kind of season. I'm just real excited to see uh, what they can do this year, what they do this year uh, on the field with um, last season behind them. You know, you gain so much from going through adversity, from fighting through adversity with each other. And you find out about good and bad. You find out about guys that are lined up next to you. And then when circumstances are a lot better, it allows you to function uh, as a much more tight knit group, um, just all the things that make great teams. Uh, I think that they've experienced 
a good portion of those and to have a guy like drink leading that ship i'm excited for what they got on deck this year yeah you know you know one of the last things you said where he was talking about you know everybody everybody be on the same page um during this season uh you know i think that's something that any coach would say but uh, him saying that hey we'll deal with the criticism later after the season there'll be time for that when he's talking about the goals set your goals aside for now to so we can accomplish this together for this season you know there's very subtle differences whenever you're talking with a coach that understands um, people and understands the vision and trying to get execution i've heard a lot of coaches will make references to say the same things but they're they never address the criticism you know right. it's always about or they or they don't address the goals mm -hmm. um it's okay we're trying to win games here like we screwed this up my bad let's talk about that later but we need to move yeah. forward right now <laughs> exactly we got hey, games we, to win gonna, next week <laughs> right hey we'll talk about your nfl career and what you need yeah. to do you know to get to the next level but mm -hmm. right now the best opportunity is for you to win games for you to go out there and do what you're supposed to do be responsible uh, that's how you're going to get there. Just like going back to him saying, you know, be better today. Do what you're supposed to do. Get there and make coffee. That's your number one job. If you don't get the day started, you can't walk in, you don't have your coffee, you know, the whole day's gone. <laughs> the whole yeah. day's ruined, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, thinking back to our days, like when you focus on the team and you focus on the goal, it doesn't mean that all your goals are gone. What it means is as you're focusing on the team goals, right, you're focusing on, being the best player you can that day for your team, that makes you a better player. Like That's how you get to the NFL because you're a better player every single day. You're continuing to get better. And as you get better, your team performs better. You perform your job better. It ignites the next guy next to you. You know, when you're doing, he talked about doing, you know, we're running three gassers, you run four. I know that anytime anybody was out there running, if somebody was doing something extra, everybody else was jumping on it. They didn't want to be the one guy exactly. who didn't do right. what Tommy Saunders was doing because he was doing 12,000 push-ups a day. Like everybody <laughs> wanted to do push-ups, you know what I mean? And that kind of atmosphere, that kind of attitude is very reminiscent of the days that we had of success back when we were at Mizzou. And I really liked hearing that uh, he runs his program that way. And there, you know, these guys are in that mindset as well. Right. And he does a great job of communicating everything you see on social media, like he talked about, mm -hmm. You know, he's not disregarding social media. He knows it's there and he has to use it as a tool. And I think they've done a good job of using it as a tool. And, um, you know, and if you're a Mizzou fan, you want to see Mizzou be successful. Everything you said is right. You know, you got to be on the same um, page uh, yeah. as them. And that's going to help recruiting. That's going to help get, you know, uh, more people in the stands. And it's going to overall help help Mizzou and that's what we're all trying to do we want to see we want to go to the national championship and say we're national champions and talk stuff on everybody else you know like that's the nature of competing is Absolutely. hey we're the best and uh like you can't stop us so it's you know it's good <laughs> to hear him uh talk that way because that's what it takes to get to that point yeah it's cool how he's embraced and really the the social media portion of this whole thing right a lot of coaches are old school. You know, we uh, there's a lot of old school coaches still left around who just want to do it this way. This is how we're going to do it. You know, they, they say they don't read any articles or anything like that throughout the week about the team. But 
as things evolve and as technology uh, improves and things like that, these are tools that you use not only to communicate with your fans and get your message out, but also this is how you recruit, right? Like the dude's doing yeah. a killer job on the recruiting trail. And so being younger, being fresh and embracing all of these technologies and these tools that he has at his disposal uh, is, is really encouraging. It's refreshing to see. And I'm really encouraged about where it's going to go in the future from a zoom. Right. And, you know, his, what he's saying is also what, uh, what he's preaching is what he's doing. You know, yeah. he wants everybody on the same page. You know, he's in camp, you know, they're, you know, 10 days away from the first game and he takes time to do a, you know, 30 minute podcast with two, you know, washed former up players. former players. You know what I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. saying? <laughs> like, you know, the fact that he knows that's going to help grow his vision, whether that's, you know, to 10 people watch this or thousands of people watch that, right? right. It's going to help bring Mizzou together. It's going to help give more insight to um, Mizzou, to him, to the former players, uh, to fans. And so the fact that everything he gets on the podcast and, and says with the questions that we ask, he's living because that's what he did today. That's what we've seen him do in the past. So, um, you know, I'm really excited for him in this season. Um, so I guess let's dive into the schedule. Uh, so I got the schedule pulled schedule. up here. And okay. uh, what, uh, what I think would be fun to do here is just uh, kind of talk about how we see the schedule. I know at the end of the last episode, we were like, hey, we're going to preview the team. We're going to preview the schedule. And you guys were probably thinking we're going to give you all this great in-depth analysis on key players and things like that. That's not what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to run down the schedule and talk about how we see it through our eyes. When we were players and the schedule came out, uh, obviously, you know, week to week, we've got game plans and we're got a scout team running their plays and things like that. But really, we're humans. When you look at the schedule, there's certain thoughts that go through your head and that's how you play the game and that's how you prepare. <laughs> so first off, September 4th, Saturday, we got Central Michigan. Central Michigan is uh, is coming to town, Tommy. Tell me what you're thinking as a player at Mizzou, Central Mission, Central Michigan. How are you preparing? What's your mind for it? I know they're going to have a strong safety that is just going to try to, like, get a big hit. That's it. <laughs> they don't. He's not going to cover. He's not going to do anything. All he's going to try to do is on some run play, try to blast you. So <laughs> I'm going to look for the strong safety and try to hit him first uh, before he gets me. And uh, everything else is uh, they're not going to jam me on the line. They can't cover, like – Easy money, like be done by middle of third quarter. <laughs> so, so I what, see are you, Central, what are you thinking? Central I Michigan. see Central Michigan, and I'm like, all right, these guys probably don't even have Nike jerseys, so automatically we're going to crush them. Like that, that's number one. Okay, uh, number two, they're probably yeah, going to have cool. a <laughs> they're probably going to have a big defensive end, uh, but he's not going to be in shape. They're probably going to have maybe a linebacker. Uh, who can hit pretty hard, but he can't cover. And so, you know, we're running the spread offense back then. So I'm like, I'll probably run a few routes. He's not going to be able to keep up. Uh, and just like you said, halftime, third quarter, we'll be sitting on the sideline with my Mizzou hat on backwards, cheering on somebody else uh, to finish this game out. <laughs> right. Uh, then we move on. So the next game is at Kentucky, September 11th. 
What's your mindset here? Uh, we just need to go drive the first three series, score, and they'll quit. <laughs> and then after that, you know, all the star players will get taken out first. So I'll have probably like, you know, four series <laughs> that I can go rack up like at least six catches uh, and really pad my stats uh, there. You know, easy money uh, going down to Kentucky. Yes, yes, right. What That's you got? What are you thinking? That was one thing I forgot about the Central Michigan game. I'm like, okay, you know, this is a, a pad stat, a stat padding game. So I'm gonna get a few catches. I'm gonna get a bunch of yards. It's gonna be get the season off to a good start. Kentucky, <laughs> gonna be the same way. You know, they're a pretty good football program. They've beaten us in the past. But if this is 2007, my mindset: we're going to Kentucky. This is a, a a decent team, SEC team. They're gonna be well coached, but they're not good. We're gonna wax them, just like you said. It's going to be – we're going to take the ball. If we win If we win uh, the coin toss, we're going to take the ball. We're going to drive down. We're going to score. They're already going to have be in defeated mindset. The defense is going to come out and get a stop. We're going to get the ball back. We're going to score again. And then we'll probably ease off a little bit. The defense will be out there a little longer. Probably they'll get three points out of it. Then we'll be like, all right, time to stop playing. We'll go out, score a touchdown, the game will be over. We'll be on cruise control and – It'll probably be a little closer game in the end than the actual game is just because we took, you know, the guys took their foot off the gas. Uh, but we're going to win this game by at least 17 points. Easy. 100%. Easy. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Next week, Southeast Missouri State. Please. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. Uh, they definitely have. <laughs> it's 11 a.m. Uh, game, though. It's 11 a.m. 11 a.m. game. All right. Yes. They definitely have uh, Rawlings jerseys. Um, for for certain, and they're like the old baggy ones. And uh, I know everybody, like I know the team all summer, you know, has been looking at this game, bragging to all their high school buddies how they're going to come and beat Mizzou, <laughs> and all these big time players like you know Chase Kaufman and and Martin Rucker, how they're going to finally get a chance to go really beat them up and and show Zach how Chase Daniel. They, yeah, how they should be at uh, should be at Mizzou. They should have got the scholarship at Mizzou. So my mindset here is to absolutely just destroy the the corners. The first, you know, three series, I'm just running straight through their face. I'm trying to get pancakes. I'm just trying to over destroy them on every single run play. Like that's that's it. Because then they're gonna realize, like, oh, okay, you know. Like they're better than me, and I'm—they're not gonna have any other option but to have that thought. Oh so, man, I what love about it. you? What do you think, bro? That's so true, right? Every cat <laughs> that is there thought they should have got the scholarship to Mizzou over whoever the dude was from the town oh. next door. Or hundred <laughs> percent, I, I played him in high school. We, you know, he only had you know five catches. Okay. Oh man, that's so funny. I don't think I could give any better. Of a summation right there. That is fantastic. <laughs> it's another pad setting game for me. I I plan to be on the sideline by halftime. This is a game here where like I'm trying to get out before I get hurt. <laughs> so I just don't want something stupid to happen by some dude trying to be G.I. Joe out there, rolls up on the back of your ankle. You just want to get right. out of a game like this healthy. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh the next week is uh Boston College. Uh at Boston, Boston College. College. I'm 
immediately going to see like what the stadium looks like. I'm like, that's all. Like, I just picture, I don't have no idea where Boston College Stadium is, but I picture <laughs> like in the middle of a town and like, it looks like the departed all around and I pull up <laughs> and uh, there's cops everywhere. So I'm like, <laughs> in my head, that's what I'm thinking. And then I know I'm going to have to block on a speed option and they're going to have a defensive end that's like roided out of his mind. He's like six eight, you know, 325 and uh and i'm gonna have to block my at least four or five times so i'm getting my mind right for those plays this weekend that we can practice to just like really be ready to fight uh, <laughs> at that time oh i'm about the same way as you i'm looking at the scenery when i see this game on the schedule i'm like all right sweet this is somewhere we don't get to go yep. um so what i'm doing is i think you know in my head this game's over in the third quarter, but I'm probably going to play. They have to play this whole game. This is a good. This is going to be a good team, storied program. But we're going to win by at least 14 points. Um, and really, I'm thinking, okay, I wonder what the stakes are going to be like on Friday night when we get to the hotel before the game, because not everywhere makes good stakes. You know, I don't think uh, the Northeast is really known for uh, for their stakes up that way. So that was always something on my mind too: is the food at the hotel. Like, is the apple pie, is it going to be warm? Um, is it going to be ice cream with it? Am I going to have to ask for that? Um, you know, that kind of thing. The game, I think it's going to be a, a decent game. We'll probably we'll be in control the entire game. We're going to take the ball if we win, and we're going to score on the first drive, no no question. And we'll be in control the whole game. Um, we may have to score late um, to, to win by 14, but we're going to win the game by 14 points. I think it's interesting, like, whenever you talk about thinking about back like what's going into the game i used to I remember when i was you know younger everybody say visualize you making yourself plays you know making plays the catches you know and i oh. never could do that that never made sense i was like <laughs> mm, no <laughs> and and so then i just started visualizing the mindset like what mindset do i have and right. what can i know that i can control and that's why, like, most of my stuff as I'm thinking about it is, like, all about, like, something I know I can control. I know I could run out there and run through somebody's face. Or, you know, <laughs> like, I know what my attitude and mindset can be I control. So I think it's interesting how you you see yourself in plays and the team and drives and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so the next week we got Tennessee. Oh, their jerseys are so ugly. Oof. Uh, and um, terrible. I bet that uh, their receivers on the other team have some good uh, releases or some moves that are going to be tall and lanky. And so I'm going to watch them for tips on what I can add to my game. That's the first thing that uh, I look at. I'm going to go watch their receiver film and see what type of receivers that they have and see because I know they're going against the other their current defenders and see what type of, yeah. uh, like, are they fast guys? Are they, you know, slot guys? Um, mm -hmm. And so that's something I'm going to look at that week is watch their offensive film and see what their corners have seen a bunch uh, from the receivers. Does that make sense? Yep, and um, absolutely. And then uh, for some reason, I know they're not going to jam. They're not going to press up. And so that's easy. You know, if they're not pressing your face, all day long, I'm gonna catch. I'm gonna catch hitches and smashes. They're probably gonna come up with some scheme. I'm gonna have 
nine catches on hitch routes uh, <laughs> and get catch the ball, get upfield. Yeah. I'm thinking they're going to have good, they're going to have big linebackers. And uh, really what I'm thinking is I'm going to have to run, I'm going to have to run them off, run a few different routes, tire them out, and then um, I'll be able to block them all day long, right? Stuff to block in space, especially when they know it's running, uh, run play. And so I'm going to make everything look like I'm running a route early on. And then even on the run plays, the first five yards, first four yards of, uh, of the play, I'm going to be acting like I'm running a route. And then I'll latch onto them and block them. Or if they stick with me, like a lot of teams used to, is they were so worried about us getting vertical and so worried about our passing game that we didn't have to block a lot because guys would follow us all over the field, even if it was a run play. And so I, I see this as one of those type of games. Um, I see this as a game where uh, I'm probably going to play quarterback uh, in short yarded situations a couple of different times and have to get a couple of tough first downs. I think we win this game by 14 points as well, but I think we have to play this whole game. And this is uh, probably one of the first, first true tests of the season. They're going to be better than Kentucky. They're definitely going to be better than Boston college. And uh, this will be a good kind of tune up game. Um, to get us started, kickstarted for the rest of the season. The next game is North Texas. It's at home, October 9th. North Texas. Uh, I know it's going to be like a fight. I know these guys, the people that go to North Texas are, you know, have a chip on their shoulder. They didn't get to go to any other big schools. Um, UT, A&M. Right, but, yep. they, but they are good. You know, they might not be fast. They might not, you know, they're lacking something, but they're fight, they're hard workers. Like, so I'm thinking about finesse, not stand there and fight with these guys, which they're going to want to do. They're going to be over physical. They're going to try to show how good they are. And so I might give them a little bit on the run plays and let them see, let them, let them uh, jam me out of bounds or seem like they're jamming me out of bounds, give them some wins uh, like that, and then come back and finesse them. Uh, the rest of the game. And so that's kind of what, I, what I'm thinking is setting them up with think I'm going to fight and be over aggressive so that one slant route when it's third down and they're jammed up in my face on the inside uh, that they think I'm going to come and fight them and I'm going to finesse them, get my inside at least catch it, get the first down and move the sticks. There you go. I think that's pretty accurate. I view this game as like a, a Murray State type game where you got like a bunch of transfers, right? Guys that went to big schools, they washed out, got in trouble or whatever. Yep. And so they got that chip on their shoulder. They're going to be scrappy and they're going to fight. But I also don't think they're going to be in shape. And I think we're going to be able to run them to death. And so yep. by the time the third quarter, into the third quarter runs around, they're going to be out of gas. And this is a game that will probably win by 26, 27 points. 100%. Next um, week. Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, A&M. A&M. Next A&M week. at home. Um, for me, A&M is, um, it's going to be a long game and I got to stay focused every single play, you know, you know, games like this is where it might be, you know, 14, 14, 14, 17 with, you know, eight minutes to play in the game. And then you end up winning 35, 14, right. Where in those, the last, uh, part of the game, people start getting gassed. They lose their discipline. And uh, you can really get some big plays, big opportunities there. So here I'm thinking about uh, making sure all we can practice that 
never losing focus uh, and playing as hard as I can through every single play. That's really the main focus uh, of this week, running, make sure while my runoffs, I'm running all the way downfield full speed, not taking any plays off because that's going to really uh, set the tone at the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, this is really, you know, uh, this will be the first true test, I think, um, of the season. So this is where you really get locked in. I also see that there's a bye week the next week. So that helps me, like, know, okay, first big test, get locked in, get in this game. you got to break after this. So, like, give it everything right. you got. Um, and it's not necessarily a feeling out game for the rest of the season, but it just sets that tone. And so you know you're going to have to be locked in. You know they're going to have good players all the way across the board, and you're going to have to bring your best game to win it. But I also know that once we win this game, it's going to set us up to control our own destiny for the rest of the season. So we got one week and then a bye. You got one week to give it everything you've got so you can set up the rest of the season to look the exact way that you want it to. And then in the back of my mind, I'm also thinking these cats are Adidas school. So, like, they're not wearing Nike unis. Like, we're going to win this game. Like, that's just how I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 100%. Honestly, like, taking a step back, like, looking at Vanderbilt for the next game, this is a pretty good schedule for Mizzou this year. And just like Coach was saying, like being open to the possibilities, you know, the possibilities that you could be undefeated at this time. You know, I pick Mizzou to win every game from now until forever. You know, there's no game right. I'm going to ever pick Mizzou to lose. It doesn't make any sense as a Mizzou fan. There's a possibility to win, and I think you're going to win, right? Right. So I think this schedule is very inviting for that. Um, for real, Vanderbilt – like, I wonder what color that gold is in in uh, <laughs> actually in person. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and that's it. Like I, I'm like I'll move on to the next game. Like that's an easy win. Stay focused. Coming off a bye week, it's two like, bye weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, like easy. Just do what I'm supposed to do. For sure. And then Georgia, you know, you got to get yourself up for that. But coming off a two bye weeks in a row, you know, and Vandy would be a decent tune-up um, to get yourself ready for Georgia because you get back into playing some football. But, you know, it would be a good confidence booster. Uh, and it's at Georgia. So uh, going down there, you know, it's going to be another game like A&M where you're going to have to get yourself right and be able to pour it all in there. Uh, but I think it's definitely a winnable game. Right. Um, I'm thinking on this one, you know, there's going to be adversity. And uh, it always seems that – you know, your quarterback really sets the tone. The leaders really set the tone whenever something's going to happen. Something's going to go wrong, and you're going to have to come back. And it's really changing your mindset to back to, you know, the same feeling it felt like whenever you scored a 100-yard touchdown and vice versa. So always stepping on the field, letting this stuff go no matter what, and getting back. So that's really the focus is every play is a new play, the real one and know because this game – is the biggest game on the schedule. This sets the tone. Those winning that game makes the rest of the uh, schedule a lot easier versus having to come back uh, from a loss and adversity and, and coming to South Carolina. So this is it. That's when they talk about one and zero. There's nothing else better to look at Georgia. This is the only game we got to win. Nothing else yep. matters. Absolutely, staying in that mind frame because South Carolina. You know, the next week. They're a good team, right? And we always seem to be locked into battles with those guys, whether it goes back to the dang Independence Bowl, you know, back in 05, 
or right. it's all these games of recent. They always seem to be battles. And so, uh, you know, you win that Georgia game, and uh, it's a nice confidence booster coming into this, but also with that 1-0 mentality. You just yep. got to win. If you beat Georgia, you just got to beat South Carolina. Then you just got to beat Florida the next week, yep. right? And yep. then you just got to beat Arkansas the following week. And it's like you got tough game, game that's not so tough. Tough game, but the Florida game's at home. Right. They're not so tough. And like you can really conceptualize and put this together in your head to make sense to where this is all we've got to do. Just win this next game. And uh, it's so simple and why it's so like, duh, like that mindset really means something when you're in the thick of it. And when you're looking yeah. at the schedule and what you want to be at the end of the year. Right. Yeah. And staying, staying focused and being able to, you know, like coach was talking about being on the same page and it doesn't what, and that's from quarter to quarter, from game to game, from play to play. It's so easy to uh, get caught up in what happened in the past, bad or good and whether resting or getting down on yourself, but keeping that positive energy and keep moving forward is really the key. And so I think as, as you look at this and, and the leaders and getting out on the same page, coaching staff, um, being able to relay that message, like, hey, we've been here before. It's all good. We'll keep moving. All we got to do is drive the ball this series. Let's go out there and make a play. Let's get one first down. Let's move the sticks. Um, all, all that stuff really matters when it comes down to these 12 days that matter. You know, all this stuff that's happened in camp and, you know, adversity and messaging and all the great things that happened and the recruiting class, all that stuff, it all comes out of these, you know, these 12 days. You got to be on for those 12 days. You can't be sick. You know, you can't have a bad day. Nope. You know, you, you know, you, everything you do for 365 is for these 12 days. You can't afford to have feel any type of way or to let something interrupt your, um, your attitude and your mindset. And if something does, you got to practice on getting back set. How do you get yourself into a good mood, into the right state to, to, you know, play at the highest level uh, today? So it's going to be interesting this season. I'm excited about it for sure. Well, with all that being said, after going through the schedule, where do you see us after these 12 games? Give me a prediction. 12 and 0. Absolutely. Ease. One, Never pick one us to lose, baby. I mean, what is it? I mean, be open to the possibilities. You know, right. there's show right. me a, show be me a team on here that we can't beat. Show me it doesn't exist. We can Not beat them. There. Absolutely. Yep. So. All right, man. Tell everybody what you want them to know. Anything? Man, uh, enjoying the podcast so far, these first couple episodes, you know, making Mizzou, highlighting the people that help make Mizzou what it is, uh, giving insights, um, getting to know uh, coach, uh, the players that help make Mizzou, the coaches, um, and uh, – just, yeah, really enjoy it, man. It's a, good, it's a great time talking about Mizzou and feeling a part of the the season and uh, and just feeling the po positive energy around Mizzou and excited for this upcoming season, honestly. Uh, what about you? Same thing. This is awesome. It's been a blast. I miss Columbia. I love talking about Mizzou. Uh, it's a fun way to be able to, uh, you know, kind of relive the glory days as well, but talk about moving forward, you know, talk about the positive things that are going on around the program. And uh, follow this football team. I'm really excited about this team, about this coaching staff. 
the energy that they bring. And I'm looking forward to seeing the product on the field. And so, uh, one more thing. Right. Congratulations, Ruck, on having a baby boy, Martin T. Rucker the third. Uh, appreciate it. Man, it's awesome. Congratulations. So many blessings. So happy. Everybody is happy and healthy. I know you Thank haven't you. had sleep. Uh, <laughs> you know, going through with three kids, smile on your face. Hey, I know. You don't got to tell me. I know how <laughs> hard it is. You're doing a great job, man. Keep it up, for real. Uh, I appreciate it, man. This is one of the highlights of the week. And so hopefully I'll be, we'll still be doing the show together in 18 years when he's a freshman at Mizzou. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Um, and I'm holding Dash back a year so they can go to school at the same time. So I'm just going to take work off. I'm going to train them for a year. And then they'll just start, you know, same time. So. There you go. There you go. Uh, we just want to say a big thanks to 360 Vodka again for sponsoring the show. Thanks so much to everybody for tuning in. And uh, leave comments down below. Feel free to shoot us a text if you know us. Holler at us on Facebook, Instagram, all the socials. Uh, if there's something else that you want to see on the show or that might be a great topic. And until next week, M-I-Z. Z-O-U.